2: Welcome into to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Wednesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario... T- I don't know why uh, I said Mario Tirabassi. Uh, <laughs> I smell toast. <laughs> don't even joke, I'm old enough. Yeesh. I first I got Luke peeing in the seat and now I'm, now I'm having a stroke on the air. That can't happen. That's too much. Too he much, too did, much, too he much. Too not much. really pee in the seat. That was water. Allegedly. Sure. Allegi- sure. Gotcha. He wink, is, wink. He we've may all, be incompetent, we've <laughs> all, <laughs> but we've <laughs> all had water on the pants before. Yes. Exactly. Actually, there is no what's... Bo- oh, there it is. Yep. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah, it's not pee. Okay, good. Thanks for not peeing to see it this time, Luke. We appreciate that. We off and running. Off and running, a blazing start for CHCO Blackhawks. This might be the record for
1: how fast the show has gone <laughs> off the rails. Eh, there was
2: the one time I started the show with the wrong sponsors, so that wasn't great. No, either. That's true. Um, all right, we got a lot to get today. Jesse Montano from DNVR is going to join us in the second half of the show to preview Blackhawks and Avalanche tomorrow. We've got uh, some good audio from Luke Richardson talking about Lucas Reichel. We've got some Patrick Kane injury news to get to, and if you stay tuned the whole show, we've got a nice little surprise for you at the end that you're not going to want to miss. Very, very cool uh, little thing I stumbled upon last night that uh, Hawks fans and hockey fans will be very interested in. Before we get rolling, make sure you smash that like button on the YouTube page. Make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel if you are a podcast-only old-school person like me. Make sure you are subscribed or following the podcast as well. And if you got 30 seconds to spare us poor little podcasters, feel free to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And just know that if you like a podcast and you like what they do, give them that five-star review. It's not food. A four-star review is the equivalent of a one-star review. So if it's a podcast you like, even if it's imperfect, we're perfect. But other podcasts might yeah, not. Yeah, you be. saw this. You listen to the yeah. start. Yeah, I'm just I'm saying, sure. generally, <laughs> give a five star review. All right, the four star review is a kick in the nuts. Don't do that. Mm. All right, so uh, we appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Let's start with uh, Let's start with Patrick Kane, who once again, just like yesterday, was out there early before practice. Uh, actually, today was working on some shootouts with Peter Check. Who is still with the Blackhawks? Maybe he's he uh, signed.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously,
2: uh, he's uh, he's might be the e bug going into this game. Uh, but then, as soon as the practice festivities began, Patrick Kane left the ice, and and today Luke Richardson said doubtful for Thursday's game against the Avalanche. Hopeful for Saturday's game. So we'll see. We'll see what this means for Patrick Kane. Uh, is this something longer term? Luke didn't seem to think so. He seems to think that this is a short term. Uh, maybe a little longer than they had hoped, but still nothing he thinks is going to keep Kane out for an extended period of time.
0: Yeah, the the narrative has been that this is minor short-term from from Kane himself, from Richardson. So, I mean, if he would have practiced today, he'd have been in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, I, I would assume morning skate tomorrow he's going to be out there again giving it a try just to see how it feels, but probably not.
2: Well, he just real sorry Greg real quick he he looks fine like if you were to right. sit down at fifth third arena and watch the Hawks practice which you can um you would never know anything's wrong with him there's no limp there's no slowness to his he's just probably not feeling as stable as he'd like
1: here's the uh here's the thing if this was if the Hawks were competing for a playoff spot competing in the division oh yeah he'd be playing
0: yeah sure This
1: could have a lot more to do with Kyle Davidson saying, hey, if you're not 100%, I am not risking further injury on possibly my biggest trade chip at the deadline. Right. We need to get you super healthy for March 3rd. Uh, Jason in the comment mentioned Elliot Freeman kind of had the, was it Elliot Freeman or was it Merrick? It was Freeman Yeah. Kind of had the little thing that he's heard grumblings that it could be a little more serious, could be something that needs to take some time. Kane's been dealing with a lingering lower body thing for a while.
0: I think that's what he was playing off yeah. of. and that
1: Eventually, he's going to need some sort of surgery to take care of all these things. Maybe. Let that happen when he's under contract to another team. <laughs> um, <laughs> or in the summer. Yeah, yeah, but I think if the Hawks were in a playoff push and they needed to absolutely win, he'd yeah. be playing. He even playing. said it himself yeah. that, like, hey, other situation, I'd, I'd probably be good to go. But this may be more of a call from upstairs saying, hey— you're not 100. percent There's no reason to risk further injury for for where we are right yeah, now. Yeah, don't make it worse. And yeah. we need to we need to have you at 100 percent for when you've decided. Hey, I want to go someplace else.
2: So if you missed this week's uh, Blackhawks beat that I wrote, how dare you? Uh, first of all, second of all, <laughs> uh, I did quote Elliot Friedman in that story. So we should tell our listeners who haven't seen the story. Friedman speculates that there's a chance, and again, he said he used the word spitballing. So. Elliott Friedman said, maybe, just maybe, Patrick Kane decides to get this thing taken care of, shuts himself down for the rest of the year, signs a one-year contract extension with the Hawks, and then we go through this whole rigmarole with the trade next year God, again. I hope not. That sounds like I don't, I, I I don't not, think not. we're at that point. Again, he said spitballing, but when someone who's as connected as Elliot Friedman says something like that, you listen and your ears perk up a little bit. So yeah. in the back of my head, I'm kind of thinking about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, far be it from me to correct Elliot Freeman, but I think he was going off of the fact that this was the nagging injury that we've heard yeah. about from Kane for the last few, few years. And I I I believe that that is a hip issue and what he's going through right now is his knee. And Kane has said, yeah, it was my it's my knee. So I don't think it's the same injury, but I don't I also, I also don't think, you know, it's out of the question that maybe he does get everything taken care of right. and completely try and reset his body going into
1: next. Why season. not? This, the knee, if he, if he's got a, if he hurt his knee, that could affect. The knee yeah. Oh, too. it could. Yeah. Cause if you sure. start favoring a knee, then that could get your hip. put out of place. Yeah, knee so bones so. connected to the That's hip bones. Yeah. What the song told me.
2: Um, so my wristwatch connected to the red thing. It's one of my favorite Simpsons, Dr. Nick, when he's doing surgery.
3: Ah, hello, everybody.
2: Yeah.
4: That's yeah, Dr. Nick Riviera.
2: I will say, though, Phil Thompson today asked Luke Richardson, is this Patrick Kane injury uh, related to the nagging injury he's been dealing with? And Luke said, I think so. I wasn't here, but I think so. It may have been a misspeak, but he said it. And I can tell you, as a fat guy who's had many lower body injuries, If you injure your knee, you will be limping, and then that causes other things to hurt and other things to suffer. So uh, it is something to keep an eye on. The fact that he's been out this long is surprising. I'm not worried about it yet. And our buddy Charlie the Bacon Guy brings up a good question. Does this elongated injury period hurt Patrick Kane's trade value? And I think that's a conversation we need to have because Mm -hmm. if you're the Rangers or Oilers or whoever – you're looking at this and saying, he's missed, what, three, four games now?
0: This will be game three.
2: Am I willing to give up a first and a top prospect for what could be damaged goods? And it's, again, we don't think it's anything serious. I really don't, and you guys really don't. But if you're a GM and your Stanley Cup you know, aspirations are hinged on possibly trading for Patrick Kane, truthfully, your future is because you're giving up a first and probably a prospect. That's a lot to give up for a guy you're not sure is gonna be a hundred percent, ninety percent, eighty-five percent. At what point do you set that limit and say, No, I'm not doing this, it's too risky.
0: Yeah, I, I know a lot of <clears throat> a lot of people uh, and a lot of organizations probably would be okay with saying, Hey, eighty-five percent of Patrick Kane is better than a lot of other guys that we could have on our roster. Oh yeah. But is it eighty-five percent of Patrick Kane with the potential that he's screwed something up and it's zero percent of Patrick Kane? I think I think even if this is minor, there's still that little question now that wasn't there before that, you know, NHL GMs can, can maybe have pop in their head and and think about maybe think twice. Maybe, you know, if it's, if it's New York or if it's Edmonton or if it's Colorado, like Colorado's dealing with their own fair share of injuries to worry about. I I don't know if, you know, bringing in Patrick Kane who may or may not be playing through an injury uh, is something that they'd want to, you know, add to the fire. So I think it's definitely bringing up the question. I mean, you know, it's it's not not the same, but kind of similar. Like, look at the hell's happening with Carlos Correa in the, in the MLB. Like, he's had to go through three different teams and go through 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 physicals, and teams had to be sure about him, and they ended up they weren't. So now, if if Patrick Kane is got that doubt, I think there there are teams that may that may back off, and other teams that might come up that we haven't been talking about that might be like, you know what, we're we're further away than we like to be, but. We're not going to be players in the big market. Maybe if other teams aren't going to be going after Patrick Kane as hard as they were eventually, maybe another team swoops in that we're not thinking about and says, hey, you know what? We'll take the flyer on 80% Patrick Kane and see what happens. Yeah,
2: but the the worry there is you get 80% of the value back, right?
0: If he says he wants to go, then Kyle Davidson... uh, without saying it, has made it pretty clear that I think he would like to get rid of Patrick Kane to bring in as many assets as possible. And if Kane says, I want to go, that's going to be very public. And that's going to be, you know, then the the ball is in Kyle Davidson's
1: court. Never rule out, you know, all your points about the the injury could affect value are, are very valid. Never rule out the fact that there are GMs out there that want to just get the headline that I traded for Patrick Kane. Yeah. They won't necessarily be like, hey, he's only 85%. They just want to be like, hey, this is going to look really good. You know, my job is kind of in jeopardy and pulling off a deal to get a superstar. You can't star. say I didn't
0: go for it. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh, like, yeah, hey,
1: I, sure. I, I, I got the guy you guys all wanted. Not my fault his leg fell off two days later. Um, <laughs> right. So, you know,
2: there are guys that just want <laughs> to shoot. What's Peter Merzik's groin doing here? <laughs> <laughs> they just There are guys that want to
1: shoot their shot and just, you know, a guy like Ken Holland – is desperate for something. That guy's a that guy I don't I don't know. I'm not in tune. I don't listen to the Chud enough to, to know what Six exactly is the going chud. on. <laughs> but you know <laughs> I have to imagine Ken Holland's seat is not room temperature. It's
0: toasty. So see- no. It's He's gotta, gotta, gotta
1: make something. He's got a generational talent and another guy that's just below generational talent and they have one squat. And they're, and they're wasting fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. And, hey, you know, the last Trading. time he traded for a guy named Kane, it went pretty well for them, at least for the rest of that season. Sure. So, you know, he's got to be a guy that's going, I don't really care if he's healthy or not. I just need something Trading for Patrick Kane in Edmonton, you know that would be a, a huge deal for him. Yeah, so they
0: so can lose games nine, nine to eight instead. Right, right now,
2: that's yeah. not my problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to cover that. The Oilers are clinging to the final wild card spot, right ahead yeah. of the Avalanche, uh, getting ahead healthy. of St. Louis, who is a mystery, uh, Nashville, uh, Colorado, who will be getting healthier. Yeah, they're all right on their heels, and this might be a situation too where Ken Holland and the Oilers want to do something sooner. Mm-hmm. Then later, they can't wait. They can't wait because Colorado's eventually going to get healthy, yeah, yeah, and they're going to start to look like the team we saw last year. And again, we're going to get to that with uh, Jesse at three o'clock today. Well, here's um, here's
1: another problem for the Oilers that you know for a lot of the first month of the season, we're like, ah, Vegas, eh, this is just a fluke.
2: They're for real. No, Vegas is good. Yeah. Seattle, yep. that's
1: just a fluke. No, they're Seattle's good. good. They're yep. for real. Those teams are in their division. That's why they're yeah. in the wild card. They're not going anywhere. So now there might be panic mode, and a general manager who's panicked and managing for his job mm-hmm. makes a very tasty trade target when you're on the other side. Absolutely. Desperation gets you a whole lot more than, than non-desperation. But he's yeah. got to
2: agree. He's got to agree right. to go.
1: Right. right. Absolutely, yeah. Of course. I mean, there's worse places you can go to than Edmonton. Is there?
0: There are. <laughs> Winnipeg. Calgary. Winnipeg. <laughs>
1: Nashville, <laughs> yeah. No, I love Nashville as a town, but I wouldn't want to play there. Um, St. Louis,
2: yeah, boring. Yeah, sure,
1: boring, absolutely. Uh, but like, I just met from a team wise, like, no, yeah, go, going I mean, into a go locker with room Put with Patrick Kane on a line with Dry Saddle and McDavid.
0: Yeah, fun. It, you're, yeah, that's gonna be your power play. Like, great. Yeah, no problems yeah, with
2: that. Was, those
1: points will start coming a lot quicker. Well, in Edmonton well, like, too, than too, if are, you're right. if
2: and if you're Patrick Kane and you're looking at a summer of free agency, like, hmm, may have had like a. 30-point postseason, just standing there while Connor McDavid gets all the – like, for the first – literally, for the first time in his career, he doesn't have to Patrick Kane would be ignored on the ice yeah. because yeah. Connor McDavid's out there. He, he, someone he else be will be creating driver.
0: space for him. Yeah, yeah. that's – that's true. He that's doesn't.
1: very tempting. If I'm Patrick Kane, all things considered, that's what – and if Edmonton wants me, I'm going to listen. That's yeah. – that, that could be scary fun. If I'm
2: him or I'm there or, or the Rangers –
1: Selfishly, because I think because I like the team and I think they would be a lot of fun. I'd like to see him end up with the Devils. (laughs) That That would would be. Plus, it would stick it to the Rangers. All for the last two years, (laughs) Rangers. We'll give you this busted out first round pick or this busted out for Patrick Kane. He wants to play with Panarin and watch him go to the Devils, their arch rival. I would, (laughs) would, would, (laughs) as somebody who hates the Rangers. I would. Patrick I would Kane enjoy and Jack that. Hughes together. Oof. Yeah, that'd be fun. Or I, I'd watch that. Send them. Send them. Uh, talk about reuniting with ex-teammates. Send them to our our precious Finnish boy in Carolina.
2: Mm. Patrick Kane on mm. Carolina
1: would be a ton of fun. That too. The team is
2: so good already. Oh yeah.
1: Throw, throw Patrick Kane and a now healthy match Pekarri who's got three goals in his last two games. Could we get Tavo back? Probably. Who make that happen? I don't think so. Damn it. He doesn't little, fit. He doesn't fit the vision. <laughs>
2: Uh, I then I re- don't know. I don't. Then I don't like the vision <laughs> about that. You just gotta,
0: we just got to ask if Teva was ready to work. Oh yeah,
1: that's why we. He was not. That's why we traded him in the first place. Yeah, yeah that's why. That's, that's why. why. Nothing, that's to, do the, uh, nothing to do with the contract. Nothing to do with Brian Bickle's <laughs> contract. No.
2: Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. It's uh, Jamie says Calgary is so much nicer than Edmonton, city and weather wise. Lived in Calgary for three years. Watched the Hawks several times at the Saddledome. Uh, if we ever do begin traveling for work, by the way. I'm never going to Calgary because I am not walking that goddamn catwalk. I want to do it. I, I hate heights
1: it. and all, all stuff like that. And I and listen, I wasn't ripping on the great city of Calgary. I've never been, so I can't tell. I was just picked their biggest rivalry. Um, <laughs> so, I want to do the catwalk of death. Yeah, just to say I've done it. No, all right, I'll do well it. Then I'm good.
0: I, I want I want to do it because people make so much of, of a fuss over it, and I'm like, well, it's not gonna fall. Like,
2: you're fine. I'm going to fall. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wow. That's the thing. I'll do don't it. Yes, yeah, so
2: your <laughs> body is going to throw itself off the catwalk of death. It's right? funny. When you, I try to, this is how I, anytime I'm feeling anxious about anything, is I logic myself out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I can, like, I, I have, like, t- n- terrors about sitting on the edge of a high rise. Like, I have that dream all the time where I'm sitting mm. with my feet dangling off. I'm like, well, wait, I can like sit ways. on a chair. Yeah. I should be able to sit on the edge of a high rise. I don't suddenly, like, come tumbling out of like those, Luke Stuckmeyer's uh... pea soaked chair. <laughs> Right, I, I can I can handle the I can handle sitting. Yeah. But it's the visual of there's nothing here keeping me. Well, you, no.
0: you were you were talking about uh you 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 did your VR experience over Christmas. The plank. And and yeah, how you were like I can't do this and you were just standing in your living room.
2: I finally did the <laughs> plank uh game and I fell on purpose cuz I <laughs> literally walked to my counter and held onto my counter. And then stepped over, so I felt what it was like to fall. I
1: just had the greatest social media idea ever. (laughs) The three of us go to Calgary. We 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 cross the catwalk of doom, but we have somebody standing at the one end with the camera, and we recreate the scene from Stand By Me, <laughs> where they're crossing the tracks and Vern is crawling. It yeah, you could be Vern. That's me. You <laughs> and he and Mario will be behind. <laughs> yes, walking behind, and we could <laughs> you could drop a comb halfway through. Yeah. Like also, Lord the Ass will be vomiting. So it's you don't recreate <laughs> that scene. Just don't recreate no, that. No, that, scene. that, that would be li-
2: that, that's a post game scene. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right, the other bit of uh, insight we got today uh, at practice, uh, head coach Luke Richardson uh, gave us more than three minutes. Not his fault yesterday, by the way. It no. just kind of went that way. The media will sit there silently and go, uh-huh. and they go okay, thanks, coach. And he runs out. Uh, but today uh, I talked a little about Lucas Reichel. And uh, I believe the first question was uh, how do you plan on using him on the power play? And then there was a pretty solid follow-up. So uh, a good, uh, what, two and a half minutes here from Luke R- Richardson on Lucas Reichel.
3: And uh, just just trying to get the guys to communicate a little bit and uh, have our system, but we also have to talk and re- read off of each other because once you're in there for a few seconds, things get moving and get chaotic. So uh, I thought yesterday that was good, and but the last two days it's been a lot of speed, mm-hmm. moving the puck and attacking. I thought we've been playing as a five-man unit, connected everywhere. So if we're tracking hard and we're playing together, if we can transition transition that into offense and attack. When the other team's either trying to change or they're not ready because they turned the puck over, or they're being lazy, then then we can outnumber them and, and get more offense. And then that's what we're trying to do is be sound defensively, but create more offense at all times. What's the plan for Reichel on the power play? Um, you know what? I, I think uh, him and Kershaw seem to have something going, and, and they even on the power play today, they really look for each other. Um, You know he's in a comfortable spot that's where he's kind of been playing on his on on strong side down there and he's even on the two-on-one you can see he can really sell things and and make that play uh, either to the middle or to the far side so um you know what right now it's just giving him opportunity and we i think we have did we have one power play last game I think, or something so we haven't been unfortunately creating a lot of chances to get opportunity in the power play the last few games but the faster we play uh, offensively, I think we're going to be able to start to draw some hooks and holds, and uh, that'll give him a little bit more chance and you know, a better look. But more importantly for me is like how he's been playing on the on the power play. He's not or on five on five. He's not just waiting to be a power play specialist. He's really trying to show the five on five. And the more confidence he gets five on five, I think he's going to be able to even be more confident when there's more room out there at five on four. What has impressed you most about the way he's played last week? Just uh, his speed and, uh, you know, he's playing pretty simple uh, and letting his skill find find the opportunity to use it. Like so offensively, he's not trying to slow down and stop and try and sauce through three people from me to you. He, he's skating and creating speed. So it's creating lanes to make. And those guys are pretty much passing the puck flat it's just making short uh, passes and they're supporting each other and they're moving. It's very difficult for uh, defense to cover that. So. I think he's fitting in with those two guys right now, and you know it's only been a couple of games, but uh, you know he's been consistently getting better in the American League, and that's what we've asked him to do this year. And now he's he's getting an opportunity, and he's making the most of it. So I think to stay on that course of whether it's here or there or wherever, like uh, to continue to keep building his game this year, because consistent consistency in the NHL is going to be the biggest thing for him, just like any other offensive guy. Like if you can get him to the level of. A, uh, Pasternak or, you know, those guys, like they they do it every night and they're going and they drive their team.
2: All right, that was yeah. Luke Richardson after today's practice. That's just a couple hours old, that video. Um, <laughs> good stuff there. Like we talk about with Luke all the time, insightful, mm-hmm. specific, all those things. My main takeaway from not just that, but just from conversations over the last 48 hours is this is not a call-up. For Lucas Reichel, Lucas Reichel is an NHL player now. Yeah, he is a Black Hawk, and unless there's some major, major fall off, he's here to stay.
0: Yeah, I I, I get that sense too. And he, you know, the two games, most recent games that he's played, he has looked like an NHL player, uh, which is one of the biggest things that that he needed to do. Um, to kind of solidify himself, like, you couldn't just say, well, you're our top prospect, that's a professional, like, we're going to give you this space. Like, no, he he was given the opportunity, and he grabbed it and, and has run with it through two games so far, which is what you what we all wanted to see from him. We all said, you know, we wanted to see the guy who was playing in Rockford translate to the NHL, and through these two last two games, he's definitely done that, um, which is good because he was just today named a, an AHL All-Star along with David Gust and, and Brett Seney, um, I don't think Lucas Reichel is going to be playing in the AHL All Star Game.
1: Uh, doubtful. Doubtful. I I think he is. Uh, he's here for the duration, uh, and then maybe they send him back for a Calder Cup run.
0: I would imagine um, so. Yeah.
1: You think you know, or maybe he's doing so good here they're just like, eh, you've earned your full off season. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. One step at a time, but I'm pretty sure. Kyle Davidson had a checklist of things he wanted to see from Lucas Reichel in order to stay here. And I'm pretty sure that first shift against Arizona, he checked all those boxes. Like it yeah. was pretty it was pretty <laughs> evident yeah, that like first this yeah. is exactly what we want. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a three point guy every night. Please don't do that yet. Um yeah. but
2: No, that'd be fine
1: though. I might ruin the tank. That's no true. uh Three, three more, every Him game. getting three points yeah. every night. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> on a so team Peter that's Czech. giving up
0: almost four goals a game. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, we're
1: well, all right. isn't giving up that. No, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but
0: we'll see. Keep feeding him Just shrimp.
1: P- playing, playing, uh, playing at an NHL level. And and as Luke said, there, it's the confidence that he sees. He's not riding along on the on the plays anymore. He's driving the play. Yeah. He's being the main attention. He's taking, you know he's taking the the baton and running with it you know that's he's he's being what they want him to be as long as he keeps doing that he'll be fine and and speaking of the goalies that was the other little bit of news that yeah. uh Jackson Staubert was recalled from the Rockford Ice Hogs. Alex Daylock uh missing another day still, still to sick. a non-covid illness so uh i mean it's Peter Morazic's starting tomorrow I would assume Stauber will be in uniform to back him up, unless Stalock wakes up feeling great. Yeah, and takes some modium and and said. So, but here's here's like, I mean, would it would be fun? You mentioned it earlier. What do they do? Like, say Stalock feels better and he backs up, and then one of you know Mrazik's wonky groins acts up. Stalock goes out there and like poops himself, like. <laughs> Three minutes in, and then you're you're down. Then Do you actually bring in Peter Check? Peter yes! If he's in town, and
0: he's got to be better list, than the, list the him team. as the e-bug. Like, talk about a f- that,
1: that would, be, cool would that, be line. Line. that would be the that would be, be right it. up there with the Alex Ovechkin hat trick for my favorite story. Of oh,
2: for sure. Is there a DraftKings bet over under Peter Check saves? .5? <laughs> oh, you know what? Maybe. I think I think tomorrow morning, Live if I
1: get a chance, I may sneak in the. Uh, to luke richardson tomorrow i may think is, is check your e-bug tonight just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's if not he's leaving town, why not yeah uh,
2: um the other thing and chuckle muckle points it out uh luke richardson comping reichel to david pasternak yeah it moved a little bit when he said that yeah, yeah. i was like oh that'd oh, be great oh, really was yeah. that
1: yeah it's if that's hey if that's your expectations and you think you can be that guy that that, that, that guy. seems like a heck of a value for where you got him
0: yeah, that'd uh, be spe- just about where wasn't Pasternak 18th overall.
2: Yeah, he was. Yeah, oh, somewhere there. Reichel was 17th. Uh, Speaking of Chuck Mucko, who keeps sliding into our DMs looking for info, weirdo, we can tell y'all. <laughs> finally,
1: our kind of weirdo.
2: Save the date. Our Black Hawks United Center takeover is happening on February 10th. Tickets are not available yet, but they will be shortly as we finalize the details. Make sure we got everything squared yep. away. But it is happening February 10th against Arizona, the Arizona Coyotes. Let's go. THNX Coyotes. It's Friday, night. <laughs> a Friday night. A Friday night. Oh, it's baby. going to be awesome. I'm going to be lit. So the date is secured. We know for sure it is happening on February 10th. So save the date, clear your calendar. Oh Within the next gosh. week or so, tickets will be made available. So that- get ready. The CHGO Blackhawks takeover is happening, mm-hmm. and it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. Save the date, and if you want to save money,
1: become a diehard die, now, yes. yep. and you'll get a discounted ticket to our takeover and every CHGO event yep. in 2023. Mm-hmm. Because that's just the start of it. We've got a lot in the works, a lot of cool things going to be coming out. And Fun times, jump
2: in now, get that diehard upgrade, and you'll be able to be a part of all of it. For a, a cheaper price, yeah. And if you become a diehard, you get a free shirt or hat, including our uh, legendary '81 design. And that's just a reminder, a little a little teaser. Stay tuned for the end of the show for something really cool. Yeah. Uh, that maybe you that maybe you missed uh, last night. But here's something I never miss: shoving Green Ridge Farm meat into my face hole. Yes. <laughs> it is one of my favorite pastimes, and it will be yours too when you give Green Ridge Farm a try. They are a Chicago local meat and cheese company, and they offer you a better all-natural option. They are my go-to deli meat company. Uh, the Caminito ham I just talked about the other day, which is absolutely wonderful. Uh, but they really want you to know about the meat sticks, which are perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. They're all-natural, and they're hardwood smoked for eight hours. 16 grams of protein per stick, and they make a perfect post-workout snack. That's that word, workout. Meat sticks come in chicken, Black forest beef and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. If you haven't tried them, you should. They're damn good, we promise you. They're delicious because they're made from recipes generations into making, all natural, and deliver that fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your Chicagoland grocery store. And right now, when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. And what's
1: just as good as uh, meat products for your face hole? Saving on tickets to all your favorite events here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. If you want to grab yourself tickets to any type of events, sporting events, concerts, the hottest shows, You need to check out our friends at Game Time as they are the new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on all the events you want to go to. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you thought you never could right behind the Hawks bench? Maybe you'd like to be by the penalty box, as long as not the the stinky guy from the Iowa Wild isn't there. You'll be all right. That guy, yes. No matter where you want to sit, Game Time has (laughs) the seat you want, and they have the biggest last-minute price drops that could be found Anywhere on the internet, you won't find a better deal on Blackhawks mm-hmm. tickets. Just taking a look right now. If you want to go see Thursday night's game, our buddy Jesse is going to be jumping on here in a second to preview our tilt with the reigning champs. $23 gets you in the board to see the Colorado Avalanche. Best deal I'm looking at right now, A week uh, Tuesday's game, the 17th against the really exciting Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. $10 tickets, Ew. $11 to see Trevor Zegers and the Ducks after the all-star break on February 7th. So tons of great deals. And if you find lower price on any other ticketing website, let our friends at game time know they will match it. If you love CHGO and you wouldn't be here if you didn't, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the podcast description. If you're watching live on YouTube, scroll down while you're smashing that giant thumbs up button, you'll see the link to game time right there. If you're listening on one of our audio only formats, You'll find the link in the description as well. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best seats to all your favorite events.
2: All right, now we welcome in our second guest in as many days. It is Jesse Montano from DNVR Avalanche. Follow him on Twitter at JesseMontano underscore. What's up with the Avs? Why do they suck kind of? <laughs> dude that's that's the that's the question around the media room right now
4: you know there's every night we're leaving the games like do they suck what's what's going on yeah not the not the season we were expecting for sure
2: no they're they're not the start re- re- realistically it's the injuries uh Valon the is out uh josh manson is out bowen byram is out gabriel landescock has not played yet uh this team is is really as injured as anyone in hockey what is the a window for return for probably the two most important guys on the list, Byram and Landeskog.
4: Yeah. So it's, it's (laughs) the injuries. Not only have they been, have there been a lot of them, but it seems like every single injury is to a key player. Mm -hmm. And for a while there, like we were making the joke that it was every injury was four to six weeks. Like they weren't getting, like they weren't even getting injury luck with their injuries. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) they weren't getting any day to day stuff. It it was all long-term. Uh, like you said, Gabe Landeskog hasn't skated, hasn't played yet uh, th- this season. So he had the, the knee surgery last year near the end of the season uh, heading into the playoffs. He came back, played the entire playoff run, practiced only once. There was maybe an optional morning skate where he got out there as well, but really it was games or nothing for him. So we all kind of assumed there's something lingering here. He'll take the summer, get healed up. Uh, well, I guess they started doing captain skates right before preseason. And it wasn't feeling right. So he had to have uh, another surgery to clean that up. And Jared Bednar just told us, uh, I believe it was early last week, that the treatment, just his body wasn't really responding to it. Both Gabe Landeskog and Bowen Byron were both dealing with this, where they their, their body just wasn't taking to the treatment. Uh, so, so really, I mean, he still doesn't even have a timeline. Jared Bednar hasn't even given us a timeline on Gabe Landeskog. He has said that they, they are expecting him back by the end of the season. Uh, but I mean, at this point I'm looking close to March, uh, before you see Gabe Landeskog back, hasn't even skated yet. Um, isn't getting back on the ice, nothing like that. So he's still a ways out. Bowen Byram, uh, when the team was in Finland, he played the first game, didn't play the second game. They said it was a lower body week to week. No big deal. Like I just said, same thing. Bednar said the treatment wasn't really working. Well, as of about two weeks ago, it sounds like he's starting to make some progress, so he's a couple weeks out still, uh, but there's light at the end of the tunnel for him. Valnachushkin, man, th- this one is getting a little worrisome for me, and it's got some like Peter Forsberg vibes to it. Um, so he had to, he broke his foot during the, the cup final last year, so everyone knew that that was going to need to be taken care of. Well, he starts this year. He ends up having to have ankle surgery right out of the gate slow coming back for him. And now they're telling us that when he's not on skates, he feels fine. He can go through all of his workouts, everything. He's good. Found mm-hmm. the puts on skates and he starts having a ton of problems with his ankle. Um, so that's one where, again, he, Bednar said it could be tomorrow. It could be weeks. We just don't really know. Um, Again, all jokes aside, they've, they've had a rough start. They've, they're running into some frustrations right now, but so much of this stems from the injuries to really key guys. They've gotten some bodies back, but now what you have kind of left out outstanding is all up in the air.
2: Oof, that's tough. Remember when we were in Denver uh, for the uh, first game of the year and the three of us were telling all of you, to cherish this and remember it because it's fleeting <laughs> and it goes away. I did not think it would be uh, just a few months later, but uh, I, look. I've been man.
4: thinking about that conversation a lot the last couple <laughs> of weeks just see so you guys know. Well, here, here's the funny thing. Like
1: our season has gone exactly as planned and we're happy about <laughs> it. You guys, you guys are miserable right now.
4: <laughs> so it's, it's, it is funny because, um, uh, for me, I still think that this team, look, their game 41 for them is tomorrow in Chicago. That's your halfway point. The first half of the season hasn't gone the way that you've wanted it to, no doubt. Um, to me, I, I was listening to what you guys were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, when you're talking about some of the trades and stuff. I, I still do believe that this team will get, you know, at some point, Val Natchushkin back, Bowen Byram, Josh Manson, that top four on D will fill out again. Their top six will be looking more, you know, coherent. Uh, and I think they will end up being fine. I think they'll get into the playoffs and, you know, that's that's where it really matters. I don't think they're going to end up winning the Central Division, which um, definitely is is not what I had on my bingo card at the start of the year. Um, but I think they got half the season to make this right. This is just too veteran of a team, um, too talented of a team to, to miss, I think. Um, but obviously they got to get some things turned around. They got to get things figured out. Got to get some more bodies back. Do you
0: foresee then with a lot of these guys uh supposed to be coming back healthy do you think the avalanche are treating those guys coming back as hey we we've got our guys back if they're in a playoff position as the trade deadline approaches or they're in the hunt or whatever and then they get healthy do they treat that as kind of their additions or do you think this is still a team that's going to go out there and try and get the uh you know a player or two to kind of put them over the top
4: yeah So a little bit of both. I I, I know we've, we've heard some discussions around right now, that that is really how they're looking at it. Like, Hey, we know we have, you know, four to five guys, depending on how you feel about a couple of those guys that are out that that we know are high impact players that are coming back. They are definitely looking at that as mid season pickups for them, especially a guy like Gabe Landis who, like we said, hasn't played a game yet. Um, That's definitely how they're looking at him. I also think he's the linchpin to the second part of your question. If they think Gabe Landeskog is coming back and he will be healthy and, and able to help them on a run, I do. I, I think they go for it again. You got the rest of this season with Nathan McKinnon making $6 million and some change. Um, I think they want to try to maximize as much of that as they can. Go for the back-to-back. Repeating is still a topic of conversation around this team. It's something they want to do. It's something they think they are capable of doing. So like I said, I think they are looking at, especially the guys like Byram Manson, they are looking at that as those are kind of our own internal pickups. But if they feel confident that they will be getting Gabe Landeskog back for some type of run this year, I think they go for it again. I, I think they're looking, you know, the Bo, Bo Horvats, Jonathan Taves. We talked at the beginning of the year about Patrick Kane. I know Joe Sackick likes him. Um, I, I think if if they think that they are going to have their own pieces back for a run, they're pushing all the chips to the middle again.
2: Let's let's uh let's let's do a little Hawks uh, imagination here. You just mentioned Taves and Kane is on potentially on the Avalanche radar. Um yep. I know that immediately when people hear that they're going to say Bowen Byram, which yeah. is <laughs> unlikely, right? But if if one or both of those trades were to happen, who are some of the prospects in the Avalanche organization that could be intriguing for for Hawks fans?
4: Yeah, so I mean, I guess if you, if you're starting in terms of NHL guys, guys that are NHL ready in the NHL, as much as, you know, I think he is still part of their long-term plans. Um, I, I think Alex Newhook is a guy that, that you would have to look at if it's something that the abs think they can get a guy and have a chance to keep him. A def, you know, not a guarantee. But I think a guy like Alex Newhook could potentially be uh, on the table. That is someone who I, I legitimately think has top six center upside. He's 21 years old. Uh, he had, uh, about a, right, right around a 40 point season last year. Um, he's got great speed, great skill. Um, he, he's been a little exposed this year because with all the injuries, they kind of just dropped him right into a two C role. And as a 21 year old, that's, that's tough. Um, so, so that's someone you're talking about. If, if you're talking about a, a roster player, someone they want, that's NHL ready. Again, I don't fully know how much the Avs would want to give up a guy like that, but Hey, look. If you're getting a guy like Patrick Kane, there's got to be some give to your take, right? Um, the other side of that, if you are talking pure futures prospect, um, to me, it's it's Sean Behrens, uh, Alternate captain with Team USA at, at the WJCs. Uh, great puck moving defenseman. Really solid in his own end. Uh, can skate. He, he's been through WJCs now twice. He's in a leadership role with DU, national champion last year. Um, he's really the abs last, like top tier potential top four, um, prospect. And I think he's on the table right now, especially after a really successful world juniors for him. Uh, I think his stop stock has gone up a bit, uh, around the league. And and I think that's a defenseman that could become a staple for a team like the Blackhawks in the top four. My other kind of dark horse here, um, is Jean-Luc foodie. Uh, he's a guy that has had a great uh, last two seasons uh, in the HL with the Eagles in terms of production, um, he got a call up with all of these injuries with the Abs. Maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, and for my money, he jumped right in and did not look out of place at all. Uh, not afraid to go to the front of the net, great speed, uh, great instincts. Their prospect depth isn't what it was the last couple of years, but I think there are a couple of players in there, especially an organization like Chicago um, could, could pluck out and really turn into some, some good solid NHLers, uh, long-term. And then the 2023 first is on the table. Like the the abs held onto it last year so that they could have it as a chip for this year. Um, and and so I think all of these deals start with the abs 2023 first, whether you're talking Chicago, Vancouver, uh, whomever 2023 first. And then it's a matter of, are you looking defense? Are you looking NHL ready player? Uh, are you looking for a couple pieces? Um, but but those are some guys. Oscar Elousson's another former first round pick, an NHL ready shot. Kind of reminds me of a,
2: an Andre Burakovsky uh, type. Does Footy project as an NHL center to you, or more of a winger? They liked him on the wing. Okay. They, they they tried
4: him at center when he first came in. That's where he's played with the Eagles. That's kind of where he's played. You know, coming up through his career. I think some of that is, hey, we're getting you your first taste of NHL action. Let's shelter you a little bit. But I mean, look, by the time he got sent down, he had worked his way into the top six. He was taking semi regular reps with Miko Rantanen, Arturi Lekanen, uh, you know, whatever kind of <laughs> hodgepodge wingers uh, that they were <laughs> putting there for those few games. Uh, but again, I didn't think he looked out of place. He was he was creating. He he was he was going to the net. He was finding himself in scoring opportunities. Uh, really he could have had a, a, a couple goals two or three um, maybe with a little bit more luck or, or you know just getting to the right area a little bit quicker but um, he's someone that we had on our radar as you know look out for this guy the next two years um, talking to some folks within the organization he really really impressed um, it was a really hard decision to send him down but as they got healthy they felt it benefited him more uh, to go get some bigger minutes uh, with the Eagles but Great playoff in the American League last year, and, and he really, like I said, he really had an impact on on some um, big-time decision-makers for the Avs in the front office uh, during his call-up here.
1: Before the season started, we did our picks for postseason awards. I picked Kale McCarr to win the Hart Trophy this year. Yep. <laughs> but, <clears throat> excuse me, all choked up talking about Cale McCarr. Um, <laughs> but if I had a vote, it's going to be for one of his teammates right now for the Hart Trophy, and that's Miko Rantanen. The dude has yeah. been taking all the burden of the injuries and just been a monster, 27 goals, yeah. 50 points in 39 games. Is he just one of those guys that is
4: completely underappreciated everywhere else outside of Denver? I, I think so. And it's not that people don't know that he's good, but I don't think people realize the elite, like all world tools he has. To me, he he really is, it, It's it's... If McKinnon is to McDavid, then Rantanen is to Drysidle in my eyes. Like I, I think those two players are are on a really really similar tier. Um, he's a great playmaker. He has a fantastic shot. He's got great hands. But the things he the thing he's doing this year that I've really never seen him do this effectively is use his size. He's six foot five, six foot six, depending on which website you look at. Um, he, he's just a huge guy. And he's always kind of shied away from from the physicality of it. Something that's really interesting. Again, we were in Finland with the team, and and he was doing an interview with um, one of the social media folks. And he talked about in his draft year, I didn't know this, in Mikko Rantanen's draft year at the start of the year, uh, he was, I think, like 5'7". By the time he got drafted, he's pushing 6'5". And so he said that that right? Seriously. He, he grew almost a foot in, in his draft year in one year. And so he, he talked about that. I really struggled to adjust to the, to the size. He said, I, I felt clumsy. I was falling over a lot and, and that it just took him a long time. And this looks to me, cause again, I think he's, I think he's 25, uh, right now he may still be 24. Um, oh, he just turned 26. Wow. Now I look dumb. Um, <laughs> But, but you know, 26 years old, it looks like he finally has adjusted to this much, much, much larger frame of his. Uh, and he's embracing. It. He's not shying away from contact. Uh, he, he's not afraid to maybe get into, you know, in tighter in the home plate area where maybe he would take taken some abuse in the past and, and would kind of shy away from it. Uh, but I think that has just taken his game to another level. And in a half season that has really seen some ups and downs and struggles for the Avs, He's been a huge bright spot, and I think he's put himself more on the map. We've always known that he's got that elite side to him. He's showing it every single night right now, and, and I do think outside of Colorado, he's he's one of the more underappreciated players uh, league wide. The Hart Trophy is supposed to be for the
1: most valuable player, not the best. And you can't tell yes. me you can't tell me nobody has been more valuable for their their team this year than Miko Ratna because without him, things
4: are really bad.
0: Without him horrible. either in the tank so, standings. <laughs> yeah.
4: Seriously. Well, yeah. honestly, and, and and you're not talking at all about moving that first round pick at, at the deadline. You were talking about, wow, maybe we luck out and get Connor Bedard and we have to do this all over again. If not for Miko God, Rantanen. you would be
1: doing crossovers uh, with us and PHNX about, hey, how are, we, <laughs> so are we getting the first round pick this year?
4: Yeah, say it'd, be, it'd be it'd be like that scene in uh, anchorman all the different news stations fighting over connor Bedard. but you know it's we should do that on now. on any given night right now depending on how many goals miko Rantanen has he he is either <laughs> above or just below 25% of the avs goal total for this year uh nathan mckinnon last night hit 10 he's had some injury problems he's been in and out a little bit nathan mckinnon hit 10 goals last night He's the second av to hit double digits, and Miko Rantanen is approaching 30. So he's been, not only has he been a pretty dominant player just in his own right, but he is carrying the offensive load for this team to to the tune of 25% of their overall production um, pretty much every night, like I said, depending on on how many goals he has scored last night. So I think he's at 24.8%, if I remember uh, correctly.
1: That is an MVP, my friend. Yeah, that, yeah, that is an by MVP. Definition.
4: <laughs> right, the most valuable player. I, I agree. I, I, I think right now, if if the season ends today, he he's probably got my vote. Uh, and it's not just because I cover him every day, but he has been the most
0: valuable to his team. I know we talked about you know top prospects that the the Avalanche uh, have that Blackhawks fans could could get excited about. I think in in that scenario in which we're talking about the exciting prospects, that's more of a Patrick mm-hmm. Kane kind of deal. I know you were saying that uh, the second line center has kind of been a little iffy with the Avalanche this season, and obviously injuries play a factor, but Jonathan Taze is also likely available from the Blackhawks, yep. and seems like he's been connected to Colorado a few times. If you're talking a Jonathan Taze acquisition, from a Avalanche perspective, what do you think the team would be willing to give up for a guy like that who's not on the same level of trade value as Patrick Kane, but still could, right. could fill that That's position.
4: Yeah. See the, 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 I know they've talked about Patrick Kane, but if you guys ask, if you force me to put money on it right now, I think it's Jonathan Taves. I think that's the guy that I'm not sure if they end up landing him, right. You have to get the deal done, but I think that's the guy that ends up kind of in their crosshairs. I think he costs less than a Bo Horvat. Uh, and, and the abs love leadership type, you know, good locker room guys. Um, all that stuff. And, you know, doesn't get much better than three time Captain Series, three-time Cup champ, Captain Series, right? Um, and so I think they would really like him. I think he would fit in well uh, to the identity here. Now, again, I, I think you're probably still talking that 2023 first, right? Um, <laughs> and, and I don't know. <laughs> I, I I I think that's probably what it takes, right, to pull a guy like that out of Chicago, despite you know what he's kind of doing now. I think the reputation probably says you have to give up a first. Um, and then if you're tacking anything onto that, I I don't know. I look at a guy like Martin Kaut, who could play in the Blackhawks lineup tomorrow, bottom six. Uh, you know, he, he could be a third line winger for the Blackhawks for the next seven years and be fine. You know, he'd be passable. Um, he's not going to score 20 goals. He's not going to score 30 goals, but, um, he'll he'll kill some penalties and, uh, you know, he will be a decent player. Um, but for me, and I don't know, maybe you guys tell me if, if you've heard differently in terms of what the price would be for Jonathan Taves, and I don't know, maybe a first-round pick is is enough. Um, but if you need a sweetener, I think you're probably talking a guy like a Martin Kaut, who, former first-round pick, really hasn't lived up to to the hype a ton, um, but he, he could be a set and getting in Chicago's bottom six through this rebuild and, and, and be more than passable.
2: It's kind of hard to project, Jesse, because... We don't know how many teams that either of those guys are going to allow themselves to be made available to. So if if Taves says I'll go to Colorado, and that's it, yeah. well then the Hawks are kind of over a barrel, right? There's no bidding war. Yep. To me, if if a team's offering a first round pick for Jonathan Taves, I am taking it and running. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, and and look, everything you said is true, and I do feel like Taves arriving to a contender will kind of reignite his engine a little bit um yeah. he started off great you know at 25 games in I called him the team's MVP uh since then mm-hmm. he's kind of slowed down a little bit you see him frustrated in games frustrated in practice because the body is not allowing him to do the things he used to be able to do right the plays right. he's expected to make he thinks he can get by this defenseman nope Ian Mitchell knocks him off the puck and takes it away during practice and he slams a stick on the boards because he's just not the right. same guy but yeah I think going to a contender and, and getting into a playoff race. And again, just like Kane, not being the guy would be yes. huge and getting him kind of – I don't think it's an, an issue of motivation, but I just think him feeling inspired no. again to play the level and and, and have it mean something would be huge. And let's not forget, Jonathan Taves' idol is Joe Sackick. I was
1: say, he wears number 19 because of Joe Sackick. Yeah, and
2: there's a story from his rookie year where they played against each other, and before the game – Taves met Sackic in the you know in the hallway of the United Center, yeah. and just talked about how starstruck he was. And oh my God, that's the guy! And they played against each other. I think that crazy. They I think that Taves would probably have Colorado at the top of his list. And I know this sounds weird, but I can see it. Like, doesn't it kind of look right? It does, yeah. but it like will... Taves in an avalanche uniform sure. makes all the sense in the world. It
1: would look weird because he's gonna have to wear a different number.
2: Yeah, that would be right. that strange. <laughs> yep. is, I imagine he's a 91. Oh, is he 16? Did he
1: wear 9? Uh, he, he, he wore
0: 9 at North Dakota. Yeah, 16 on 16 Team Canada. 16 for Team Canada. Could, I don't know if those are available. Is 9
4: he, available? He, 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 uh, 9 is Evan Rodriguez. It was available up until this year, but 16 is available. There you go. All right, eh, there you could do that. But, but no, right. I, I, I had the same thought earlier this year. I was like, what is, Like, why does Jonathan Tate, he just looks like an ab? It makes right? sense. Like, like, there's just there's just something about him that that kind of fits. And and I also just to kind of build on what what you were saying there about like his role. Yeah, he has got he's got the physical limitations now. It just it is what it is. But I think you could put him on a line with you know uh, Miko Rantanen and or, or really you could probably even do like a Gabe Landeskog Val Nichushkin. Just give him two guys who are gonna go dig pucks out, play heavy, get to those ugly areas. And just distribute the puck out to a Jonathan Taves who can do the things that he can still do well. Um, and then I also think that if you are wanting to keep him around, he probably costs you a little bit less. Uh, th- there's nothing long, wrong with having that kind of leadership, right, a- around your room. And then if you throw him into your top six, not only does he not have to be the guy, he can be the sixth guy mm-hmm. <laughs> in that top Absolutely. six. You know, when fully healthy, that, that that top six is loaded. He can sit there and just be the benefactor of all. It. He can be the last guy on the ice that everyone pays attention to. And I don't care, you know, what, what's going on with him. I don't, I wouldn't, if I'm an opposing team, I wouldn't want to find Jonathan Taves uncovered 15 feet from the net. You know what I mean? And, and I right. think here in Colorado with the structure they play, uh, I think he would just be really, he'd be put in a position to succeed. Uh, and I think it's a move that that would make sense for everyone that I think everyone could kind of come out happy um, on and and that includes Jonathan Taves, who I think, like you guys said, would have some incentive to 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 green light a trade to Colorado.
0: I think playing between uh, Val Nishkushin and Gabe Landeskog would be more fun for Taves than playing between Tyler Johnson and Taylor Radish. Maybe a bit. I know it might be a <laughs> little hot a takey, but Maybe I I think bit. it might be a little bit more fun.
1: Yeah, he might smile a little more out there. <laughs> out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might,
4: yeah, might enjoy that.
1: Real quick, this morning at practice, Jay and I were talking about about the Avs situation. We both kind of agreed, as long as they get everybody healthy come April, no matter what seed they are in the West, they're the team to beat. Is that the yeah. general feeling amongst Avs fans, or has some panic started to to set in halfway through? Or is it just, hey, don't worry, these guys are going to be back,
4: and we're still going to be a steamroller? So amongst fans that that mindset held up until about a week ago and they hit this five game skid and now everyone's, you know, it's, it's panic button all over the place, but internally I I still do think while you wouldn't, you'd never get Jared Benard to say out loud. Uh, we just need to get in. I definitely think that is kind of the mentality. Like I said, I was just talking to a a couple players the other day, including Nathan McKinnon and their sights are still set on repeating. Like they have the faith in that locker room that we already get this turned around we're going to get into the playoffs and we are going to be a force and we're going for this again. Um, so, so yeah, amongst the fans, it's the world is burning down right now uh, on this, on this five game skid, which it hasn't been good. The need to get it turned around, all that stuff. Um, but, but internally, while you never love to go on a, on a slide like this, and, and there definitely are some things that they need to get corrected. My sense is the, the overall feel on the inside of the organization is let's get healthy and then let's see where we're at. And then let's get to the playoffs and go from there. Um, I, I still think there's a lot of confidence in this group. Um, it, it seemed really easy last year. You know, if you're looking at them from the outside, because their record was so great, they, they ran away with the Western Conference. But they, ran, they dealt with some injury issues last year. Into the playoffs, they dealt with some injury issues. This is a team that's battled through adversity, maybe not to this extent. Uh, but they're confident in, in in their group that that they're going to be able to dig out of it. I, again, I think back to those Blackhawk teams from the mid-2010s and, and even this Tampa team now from the last few years, there's just nothing that shakes those teams, right? Once you get into that, that rhythm and you understand what it takes to win and you know who you are, you don't get rattled, you don't get shaken, um, you, you're able to forge ahead and say, hey, we trust our process, we think we're going to come out of this. I think the injuries have definitely caused some frustration around the abs at the beginning of the year, but when you get down to it and you talk to them about the play on the ice, they really do think that their process hasn't been bad and the luck is going to flip on them eventually. They have the worst shooting percentage in the league right now. They're 32 out of 32 for shooting percentage.
2: Oh, Patrick came uh, it right in then too. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, so you know, with with guys like... Kale McCarr, Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, you're just not going to shoot it sub 5% all season. You know what I mean? Like the pucks are going to start going in. Uh, and, and I do think that, that they're looking at that saying, the pucks will go in, we'll be in a better spot, let's clean this up here and there, but w- we trust the guys in our room in our process. Hey, you won the
1: Pacific Division. Here's your prize. A fully healthy Colorado Avalanche in the first round. With that. Yeah, seriously. Uh, hey, but you know what a good cure to end a five-game winning streak is? It's a trip to United Center to play
4: the Blackhawks without Patrick Kane. There's your remedy, my friend. So I won't lie. I was I was telling Megan last night. So I think it was week two I did a power rankings at the start of the season. And I want to say the Blackhawks were something like five and two or six and three or something like that
1: four game winning streak after we left denver
4: and everybody panicked yeah. <laughs> right and so I, yeah yeah seriously but i i wrote in my power rankings that second week i was like wow what a fun little i even put them like up in the ranks i was like you you, you think it probably won't last but what a fun start for them the guys look like they're enjoying themselves in chicago and they're playing inspired and they're at 10 wins right now i will i wrote that in week two and like they've barely won that same amount of games since. So I was telling Megan last night, I said, hey, look, they, they, the Avs felt good about their third period last night. They were able to mount the comeback. Fall's a little short. But I said, they're frustrated. They need some things to go their way. They, they need an, an easy game. And not that doesn't mean a blowout game, but they need a game where they get out ahead of a team. You know, they have a good start. They get a lead. And then they put a team away. And they can kind of you know not have to run around with their hair on fire in the last two minutes. And I told her, I said, look, you're going into the United center against a 10 win Blackhawks team. If there has ever been a moment in this season to go to have a game where you can find some confidence, it's this one with all due respect. Now on the flip side of that, if you go out into Chicago and you fall flat on your face and you give the Blackhawks, their 11th win of the season, now you need to be taking a look in the mirror a little bit um, and and figuring out, do we know who we are? Uh, Like I said, just being around this team, I, I think they figure it out. I, I think they get healthy and they're all good. And I think maybe that could even start tomorrow, but, um, careful. we're two and over Patrick Kane.
1: Undisputed I was going to say, it's not a layup Patrick for Kane. the Avs. So it's, it's watch not out. a
4: layup. Yeah. They, no, they, the, the, abs got to show up. They got to bring their game. The the, the, the NHL is full of very prideful professional athletes. None of these guys like to be the, you know, the butt of the joke. Uh, they'll have their work cut out for them tomorrow. Teams play inspired when they're missing their top guys. The Avs have a weirdly great record over the last three seasons without Nathan McKinnon. Um, you know, guys want to prove, hey, you know, we're we're, we're, we're just as good as he is. So, um, yeah, the Avs have their work cut out for them tomorrow with uh, with a, maybe a pesky little Hawks team tomorrow.
2: Jesse, thanks so much for the time, man. We appreciate it. Great stuff as always. Our fans love when we do these crossovers with DNVR and PHNX, so uh, we'll do it more often. Thanks, man. And uh, hopefully no, tomorrow, uh, neither fan base are talking themselves uh, into jumping because it's, it's been that way for us after two wins. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully we can help each <laughs> yeah, other. Us... Hopefully, you know, yeah, if I'll the Avs say... can get a win, Cox fans will calm down, Avalanche fans will calm down, yeah. and all will be right let's with the help world. help each other out. Yeah. I'll say, let's just
4: everyone just have fun tomorrow, right? I just hope everyone has fun, right? Yeah. Uh, thanks for having it, me on, yeah. guys. Yeah. So, sorry, I had some Hawk technical difficulties.
2: <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Yeah, technical right, difficulties caused me to be late. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Jesse. Thanks a lot. That's Jesse Montano from DNVR. Follow him on Twitter at JesseMontano underscore. All right, we've got one little last thing for uh, for you if you stuck around with us throughout the entire show. I was uh, couldn't sleep last night, and I was scrolling the Internet, as you do. And uh, popped up on Instagram, and should, it was should, should, should we, we, uh, should we corn talk about our cornhole boards we give first? Them a surprise? Yeah, I guess we can. Yeah, them why don't you talk about your cornhole uh, boards? Let's, let's yeah, yeah, we'll let's, talk about the, let's the cornhole. Let's
1: the, 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 cornhole them and then surprise them.
0: The, Wait, the what? custom what? cornholes, uh, yeah, those come from Shai Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for the Chicago and Illinois area since 2007. They have their signature box design for their cornhole boards that can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted to your liking. They come with built-in drink holders, which are great, and they have the LED light around the hole so you can uh, always find the cornhole hole and uh, be able to play long into the night. And they have the exterior handles for easy carrying because uh, these things are handcrafted, sturdy wood. They're not flimsy. So you're going to need those handles to uh, carry them around from event to event. They are a veteran owned and operated company, which is fantastic. Uh, They offer local pickups and can ship anywhere. So if you want to ship them across the country to your friend, they can accommodate that. If you want to drive over and pick them up yourself, they can accommodate that as well. Specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing event, social event. Uh, They make great wedding gifts, great holiday gifts, great birthday gifts. Uh, And, you know, they're the the perfect gift for the tailgater or backyard barbecuer in your life. So check out their website, ChiTownCornhole.com, and make sure you're following them on Instagram at ChiTown Custom Cornhole Boards. You can see all of their designs and their fine work.
1: One of these days I'm going to get through that reword out giggling, but today was not that day. No,
2: I will not. Tomorrow will not be that day either. (laughs) I will not make promises (laughs) I can't keep. Therefore, it's not a promise. (laughs) Hey, the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and our go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Listen to that. Bet $5 and get 200 and free bets instantly. That doesn't mean you have to win. It's not a guarantee if you lose. No, you bet five and you get 200 like that. Boom. That's all you need to do. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? And I'm not going to bet the Dolphins because Tua is not playing and someone named Skyler is their quarterback. Skyler. No. Hey. That's not going to work. No. I don't think They're that's going to happen. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And I know that a vast majority of our audience, not the vast majority, but a good percentage of our audience uh, consumes this via podcast. So this part may not be great for you, but if you haven't done it yet, go to youtube.com chgo sports and find this moment on the uh, show today and make sure you smash that like button and subscribe while you're there. But I was on uh, the Instagrams last night and uh, up there popped our buddy, our close personal friend, my colleague at Triumph Books, Marion Hosa, <laughs> who shared a video of himself playing hockey as a child. Look at that. Look at the speed. Look at the wheels. Oh, yeah. Number 20's got no yeah, shots. No oh, wow. He blew Watch as he roofs off. it. Boom. That's oh the twine. He killed that, he killed that kid. Oh, the man. Died. Wow. RIP to that child. It was a short <laughs> life, but it was a good life. And getting taken that. out by a Marion Hosa wrister is uh, not the worst way to go. So there he is, good old number yeah, 21, coach yelling uh, back way? in the We're day. Really uh, <laughs> make sure you follow Hosa on Twitter oh, at Hosa 81 I'm sorry, uh, Instagram at Hosa 81 There's also his private one. Yeah. Hoss Boss. Good, good they luck. They keep like requesting it every now and again. Like, maybe he'll remember us. Nah. Nah. No access to that one. But, hey, this oh, one's good enough. So thanks for sticking cool. with us. We thought we would share yeah, um, a, a, a nice uh, video of young Marion Hosa uh, scoring a goal. One of his many.
0: That looked... Uh, Looked fundamentally sound. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Not surprised from young Marion. I
1: guarantee you he picked 21 for Stan Makita, too.
2: I bet. You're probably right. Oh, yeah, probably. Yep. And, uh, hey, speaking of uh, hockey players, at number 81, <laughs> go to chgolocker.com and get that legendary 81 design right now. chgolocker.com. You can get all of our great CHGO merch there as well. If you're a diehard, you save 20% on everything you in store and if you're not a diehard yet what are you waiting for we've got the rebuild report coming out tomorrow fellas correct sure what day is it (laughs) today is wednesday Uh, today is wednesday yeah probably yeah that'll come out tomorrow we
0: got uh we got plenty of uh news and notes from the world of juniors and the ahl and whatnot to talk about your guy samuel savoy tearing up the queue love it
2: Yes, he does. He will be mentioned in there for sure. I am so happy about this because yeah, I you, fell in love with this kid. You hitched your
0: horse to him real quick, <laughs> and he it is paying off. So,
2: so good, here, good this choice. is from our, our buddy uh, uh, Wally Maz at Chicago Prospects. Samuel Savas, first 11 games, three goals, two assists, plus one. Samuel Savas, last 21 games, 14 goals, 18 assists, plus 17. That's what I'm talking about. I'm plenty of faces punched. Pretty good. And yeah. players irritated. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for for this kid to arrive. And
0: he missed some time with some injuries. Yeah, he did. So he's he's been having a fantastic season.
2: Yep. Can't wait. So much fun. Boy, in two, three years, we're going to be having a great time on this show. (laughs) I hope so.
0: God, I hope so.
2: (laughs) Yes. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We gave you the extended dance mix edition today. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Make sure you smash that like button on your way out. We're back tomorrow night after Blackhawks and Avs on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.